Good afternoon, everyone. Quickly, let me show you the reason why we sang the songs in the manner we did. I've taught you many times that when we worship, we, we are praying. You have to be conscious of what you're saying. Don't be taken away by the, 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 the melody of the song, but be taken away by what you're seeing and the words you're speaking. Um, by the end of today's word, I hope that you guys will understand the power that lies within you. I hope that you understand why we are being called into the nations. And through that, hopefully you will get an all-round understanding. An understanding that does not come from the flesh, but by the spirit. On how powerful the words of a man's mouth is. Why we can begin to speak songs or, yes, yeah, speak songs, not sing songs, but we speak songs like consuming fire consuming fire and all of these things and then from there we say this is holy ground then from there we begin to declare who we see on that ground so when we begin to say you ask me who do i and all of these things it's a declaration of who we believe and who we see in that holy ground so before we get into the word today i feel like i have to show you this so let's go to exodus chapter 3 I, I say these things and I take my time with these things so that you will understand. If not, you will never understand the power of prophecy. You will never understand the power of speaking forth and changing what is outside of you from within you. You will never understand it because then songs will just be we're singing things that sounds good rather than um, dictating in quotes an atmosphere. Are you here with me? So read from Exodus chapter 3. Um, let's look at Moses' encounter. Since this week is the week of encounters. Go on. Of course, good afternoon everyone that's tuned in. Sorry about that. But go on. Is this on? Try again. It's not on, is it? Okay, I'll read until they've got it. Go on. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. What was Moses doing? He was tending the flock. Yeah? And what happened while he was doing that? Go on. The priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Moses had not yet encountered God. Are you guys here with me? Now, I want you to be still in his presence so you can hear what he's saying. You know, let me be honest with you. What is going to happen is going to be, there's going to be an impartation of a faith to take nations. It's not going to be my speaking. It's going to be the spirit that's here that will do a work within us. So for that reason, I ask everyone to pay close attention. Be still. Are you hearing me? So the Bible lets us know that at this time, Moses had not yet encountered God. But what God had given him was a flock. So in other words, and I've said this to you before, but I'm using this to echo what Pastor Indidi said yesterday, that God will give you a people in order for you to meet him. In order for you to be able to have a conversation with God, God first gives you a responsibility. And yes, indeed, God sometimes requires from you and I that we are bold enough to respond to that responsibility because it's in our response to that responsibility that we meet God. Did you hear what I've just said to you? 
Sometimes it's taking the responsibility, taking the stick of media team and being diligent with it. Being diligent to see how I can make this the best that will eventually lead me to the place of encountering God. So Moses had not yet encountered God, but he had the heart of a shepherd. He had the heart that God was looking for. So actually what God does, he gives you difficult people. Sometimes God gives you difficult situations to cultivate the heart that can meet him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God sometimes gives us situations. Sometimes God allows you to see your flaws. He allows you to go through situations so that all these things can cultivate a heart, a contrite heart that can meet him. So Moses on his journey of leading the flock, and this is not where I'm going at all. I'm still explaining why we worshipped the way we did. Moses at this point had not yet encountered God and for this reason what did God do through his diligence in looking after the flock the flock led him to the mountain of God on the mountain of God what did he see go on there the angel of the Lord appeared to him there the angel of the Lord appeared to him this angel will be the same angel that will appear to Joshua later because I believe and like we've many times have said I believe that we are the Joshua generation I believe we're the generation that has to now go and advance into territories. I believe we are the ones that are meant to execute the righteousness of God. Therefore, we have to be righteous. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So the Bible now says, now this angel of the Lord, before it will meet Joshua, it had to meet his father. What I'm saying to you through this, and the reason why I'm repeating this, I feel like this is a bit prophetic today though, but I believe that what God is going to do is that the God that encountered our father is about to encounter us. He's about to speak to us. He's about to commission us for work. At that point, your flesh cannot hold you back because you encounter the one that says, take off your sandals. The one that, the thing that accumulates dust and flesh, he's going to say, take it off for this ground. Yeah, I understand the grounds you've been walking on before, but this ground is sacred. It's consecrated for a message. I'm about to deliver a message to you today, but go on. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire. He appeared to him, meaning that, it, it, let me just, what I want to say with that is, the angel of the Lord had always been, but has now appeared. So what has caused us to be what we are today or to be doing what we are, to, um, we are doing today, there's always been one guiding us. But now we're getting to the point where he appears to us where he makes things clear to us. But carry on reading. So this angel now appeared before Moses and what happened? In flames of fire from within a bush. In flames of fire. This was him coming to baptize him or a figure of the baptism of the fire of the Holy Spirit upon the life of Moses because without. So why am I saying this to you? Without the Holy Spirit, a work cannot be done. You cannot lead people without the Spirit of God. So in case you think that the fasting or the prayers has been our rounding up of asking of the Holy Spirit, like I've said to you, we're still asking. We're still depending on the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit comes, it changes everything. Like we've been saying, the Holy Spirit is the game changer. Like I've been saying, the Holy Spirit will not be something that you will need to tell people that you've received. They will know it because your life and countenance will completely change. The direction of your life will completely change. COD, our direction in life and ministry is about to change because of the indwelling 
of the power of the Holy Spirit. So now Moses has seen the Holy Spirit and what happens? Oh, he's seen the message. Let me just say, because we know that angels are messengers of God, right? But you know, this angel was different though. This angel, like, and because this is not where we're going today, this was the pre-incarnate version of Christ. The one that will not yet show himself to people or reveal himself to people. But, and you will know that for a reason, but go on. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, yeah. it did not burn up. Yeah, so it was a consuming fire, right? But go on. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, mm. why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. I love it. Did you hear that situation? No, read it again, because I know you didn't. Are you guys awake today? Okay, go on. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. No, describe the fire again. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire yeah. from within a bush. Yeah. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire. He it, saw that though it was on fire, what happened? It did not burn up. It did not burn up, yeah. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. He what? said in this occasion, and I use this occasion deliberately. He says on this occasion, I will go and see. In another occasion, he will enter. There'll be a time that he will be upon the mountain and the mountain will set on fire. And this time he will not say, let me see, he will enter it. He'll be completely engulfed and consumed by this fire. But that will be upon the delivery of a message for a nation. So what I'm saying to you is that, yes, we have witnessed the fire, but we did not enter before. But in order to give a message, a template, to a generation in order to receive a law that will govern a nation what will begin to happen is that the Moseses amongst us will enter that fire okay you will hear me eventually carry on reading go on so Moses thought I will go over and see the strange sight yeah why the bush does not burn up yeah when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look God called to him from within the bush like he did later God called him from within the fire from within this encounter called him and what did he say to him now go on Moses Moses yeah and Moses said here I am do not come any closer God said at this point you can't enter at this point this was the at the core he says you cannot enter he says why can't you enter or what should you be careful of? what did he say to him take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground he said to him take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground so please guys just hear me again when we worship some of these words understand the kind of atmosphere we're calling upon understand from scripture what is happening there's a message that's about to commission people and God says that you should be careful you should remove your sandals why because you see this level of message it's not in the responsibility of just anybody what was peculiar about this encounter was that he told him take off his sandals John later came and said this sandals I cannot untie are you here with me John finally found the person that can enter. You know, the Bible says that how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. 
So what God was actually showing us was that there's a message I'm starting with you, Moses, but it is not yours to deliver. There will be one greater than you that will come and deliver this message. His name is Christ, but he don't know him yet. As for you, your sandals. So when God says, take off your sandals, he's saying it's not your responsibility though. The one that is going to carry, it's not your weight to carry. It's not your right. But you will speak of the guy that will bring the message. So I love that Moses, if you look at one of his messages, one of his great messages was saying that, and the Lord will raise a prophet like me from among you. And even though you didn't listen to me, you will listen to him. So his greatest message was speaking ahead of Christ. So when John saw Jesus Christ, the first thing he said, look, you see these sandals? I cannot untie them. What am I saying to you guys with this? There's a greater message bestowed on us. Yeah, I, didn't, I knew that all of you didn't hear it or most of you didn't hear it. There's a greater message given to us than that of Moses because now we have seen Christ all things have been brought subject to him and yet even though we do not see everything subject to mankind because that's where I'm going next Psalm 8 even though we do not see everything subject to mankind the Bible says but we see Jesus Moses was able to carry on with his work because there was a vision of Christ he saw so he looked forward to that day so we will hear this of his ancestor, Abraham. So there's a greater message that God has given us. Now, what I want to do or what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do with us today is, as much as it may seem like I'm coming to preach, I don't want to. What I want to do is expose our minds and our hearts and our walk to a full consuming of the Holy Spirit. Because I told you that what he could not enter today, eventually he entered, Right? upon the mountain he entered that's the full consummation let me say of the holy spirit the problem we have guys is that we feel the presence of god here we feel like we're seeing here we feel like we're hearing here but the holy spirit was not given to you and i so that we can only speak in tongues or that we can only preach if the holy spirit comes on pastor obi only for him to preach i'm doomed because I cannot preach 24-7. There has to be him guiding me in my walk from here. So what I want, and this has been my prayer, what I want, and I see more of the need. You know, the more you call on God, the more you realize you need to call on him. The more I'm calling on him and I'm realizing that, God, I actually do need you beyond the pulpit. Because then you can have a character that's one, not two different characters then you won't complain how do I raise finances because the same Holy Spirit that gave you a song to sing gave you the direction of where your finances were are you hearing what I'm saying to you he gave you a direction of where these things were he told you the kind of relationships that needs to be cut off he told you the kind of relationships that needs to be fostered he told you all these things but again the reason why the body of Christ is so weak is because we have caged the Holy Spirit only to church meetings and this is the reason why the church struggle to go and they they are beckoning with the world to come we are saying to Christ told us to go but we are telling the world to come and the reason for that is because we don't have because we have not exposed every area of our lives to the Holy Spirit our only safe haven is here 
But like Pastor Toby said to us on Sunday, he said to us, you do know that, right? He said to us that it's not everyone that you'll be able to drag here, but it is of necessity that we leave here to go out to them. So when I begin to begin, when I begin to speak to you about nations or be, uh, speak very practical with you this afternoon for a short period of time about the nations and what we have to do there, you have to understand that you see the Holy Spirit that you're crying out for, that you're you're praying for, that you're worshiping for, that you're giving for the power that you know that you need working in and through you. You know that you need it beyond here. If not, all we will be doing is the 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 act of church where we speak the word to one another and yes that's necessary because it's for growth but you see one thing I want you to know is that the enabling power to speak did not come from constantly speaking to one another it came from the Holy Spirit and immediately the Holy Spirit sent them out meaning when the Holy Spirit comes upon you Sharon or Joel you would speak without being trained to speak because it's not in your words it's in his testimony and in the spirit that speaks through you so the bible says what so he he's carry on reading from where you are go do on. not come any closer god said yeah take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground so where we stand right now is holy ground this is what the spirit declares it's holy ground and he has given us a greater message than Moses. Now, Psalm 8. I'm going to go all over the place because I want to just get some points through to you. And then we worship. Go on. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name? How majestic is your name? Go on. In all the earth. Yeah. You have set your glory in the heavens. You have set your glory in the heavens. But what you want to do is for your glory to fill the earth. But it's set in the heaven, meaning that it can only be, like Pastor Rico was also saying yesterday, it can only be heavenly men that can bring this glory onto the earth. Because God's glory has been set in the heavens. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? But carry on reading, go on. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemy. Did you see that, guys? It says, read it once more, go on. Through the praise of children. Through the praise of children and infants. COD, it's from your mouths that we are going to build what God is looking for. We are going to establish his glory here on earth through your mouths. As far as you remember or you remain to be people that need to be taught. Children are people that need to be taught. Adults are people who feel they've been taught. Do you understand? As far as we can come and say, Father, we don't know. Father, we're in need of your presence. We're not going to rely because we feel like we have the best worshippers or we have a good family. Our reliance still depends and hangs upon the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's still the Holy Spirit that we are desperately asking for. It's, so this is the reason why when it comes to the Holy Spirit, all things should collapse. There's, there's no other thing that's important. God had to remind me today that if you're really going to go forward with me, you're going to have to know that there are some things that you can't balance with me. Stop doing it. Stop trying to be political. There's some things that you're going to have to show me that you're willing to get rid of in order to have me. Because I'm prized. Now, you see, what I'm saying to you, it will almost sound like the Holy Spirit is proud with, with the way I said it. And it's not. But you will understand why I've had to say it like that. 
with the scriptures I'm going to show you because there's one thing that God has been doing from the beginning. So he says that you have set your glory in the heavens, yeah? Through the praise of children and infants, yeah. you have established a stronghold yeah. against your enemies. You have established. This is what God is looking to do through the mouth of infants and children. What God wants to do is establish a stronghold. This is what God wants to do. He wants to establish a stronghold. But carry on reading. I hope you take note of that. But carry on reading. Go Against on. your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. I hope you take note of this verse. It says that establish a stronghold, but it has to be what? Against. When you look at the church today, who are they against? They don't have a voice. I didn't come here to speak a message in favor of the church. I came here filled with the Spirit to speak a message to call you up. Because here's the issue. The church, they are always on the defensive. But there's something that God, God wants to set our face against something. So I love when Christ would say that I did not come to bring peace but war. He came to set a thing against what is but carry on reading so I don't go ahead of myself. Go on. When I consider your heavens, yeah. the work of your fingers. Now, when I consider everything, the sum up of all your creation, then it makes, it draws all attention to what we call mankind. But carry on reading. Go on. The moon and the stars, yeah. which you have set in place. Yeah. What is mankind? So imagine from the observation of all creation, with the moon, the glory of the moon, the glory of the stars, the glory of the heavens, it still brought him to a place to ask a question about what is mankind. Not who is he, but what is he? Are you here with me? What is mankind? This is the question that David's observation brought him to. He said that I've seen everything, but through my observation, I've realized that all things were made for this breed, a kind of man. What is mankind, going? That you are mindful of them. Yeah. Human beings that you care for them. Yeah. You have made them a little lower than the angels. You have made them a little lower than the angels, yeah. And crowned them with glory and honor. Yet you have crowned them with glory and honor, yeah. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. Yeah. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, mm. and the animals of the wild, yeah. the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, yeah. all that swim the paths of the seas. Yeah. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How majestic is all your name in all the earth. Now, why did I make us read that? I love that the Bible didn't ask what is man, but what is mankind, meaning it was still a breed he was talking about. Let me tell you something. You see, real the men that are made of God, yeah, they are people that heavens ask questions about. They're like, who is this person? Please, you're going to have to help me because I'm going to be all over the place. Do you remember the scripture I gave you the other day? I'm trying to remember. Isaiah. Um, the book of Isaiah towards the end of our fast. Let me try and look for it. Isaiah, 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 Isaiah 50. 57, I think it was verse 15, in it, or something like that. Go on, read for me. From verse 14. Yeah. And it will be said, build up, build up, prepare the road. Yeah. Remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. 
For this is what the high and exalted one Go to say. Jeremiah 30, verse 21. You're going to bear with me today, so. Their leader will be one of their own. Their leader will be one of their own. Yeah. Their ruler will arise from among them. Mm. I will bring him near and he will come close to me. Yeah. For who is he who will devote himself to be close to me? Heavens must ask a question about a kind of breed, a kind of man. So you see, when we look into the nations and when we begin to look into America and all of these things, I'm about to tell you very simply today the reason why many people love certain things they look at America for example and aspire to be there because they feel like things will be better but the reason why nothing happens is because of what they're seeing you're going to follow me today because of what they're seeing this is the reason why they, it doesn't work you know sometimes do you know why the reason why certain businesses don't work it's because of what you're seeing it's because of what you're seeing but so the bible says that you know there are certain type of people that when they see, when heaven see that, now why I had to take you to the scripture because this was the Lord asking this question now. Who, for who is this that devotes themselves to the Lord? This is not a normal breed. This is not a normal type of person because there are a type, let me tell you, there are levels of people. There are people who don't seek God. Then there are people that start seeking God. Then when problems arise, they give up. But there's some people that even with all the problems, those caused by themselves or caused outside of them, they cannot stop seeking because they know that there's a great reward in that. They cannot stop. And God actually says, who is this guy? Who is this woman? Because what they have is not normal. Remember I showed you that before Christ, people, God had to find grace in people. Noah was someone that found grace in God's eyes. It wasn't someone that was given grace in place of grace. They were people that God actually was looking to and fro the earth and said that, no, this Basola, there's something different about her. And because of what he could see in her, he would commit himself to them. So God is speaking now saying that, this, who is this person? Who is COD? Why do you keep calling on me like this? Why have you not given up to your flesh? Because many people are in a war with their flesh and in their minds they have given up. In their minds they believe that their flesh will win. But you know there's some of us that just says, no way. No way. This flesh will not have its best on me because I believe I was called and sent. I believe I'm not flesh. I'm a spiritual being. And there will be a manifestation through my life. So this is what God is doing. When I was upstairs, this is the scripture he was reminding me of that, listen, there are some people on this earth walking amongst you and you can include yourself tonight if you want it to be, but there are some people amongst us, I'm included, you included, I hope. But what it is, is that heavens is asking questions about you. Because this is the person, this is the first step before he commits. Oh God, he begins to commit himself in a different way. Your, 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 your path won't be the same like everybody else. So he says, who is this man? Read it in the New King James Version. I like the way he puts it there as well. Quickly, any one of you, go on. Their nobles shall be from among them. Yeah. And their governor shall come from their midst. Yeah. Then I will cause him. To draw near, yeah. and he shall approach me. Yeah. For who is this yeah. who pledged his heart to approach me? Who is this who pledged? Do you understand what a pledge is? You, you've made up your mind that I am committed. I'm going to find you. 
I'm going to find you, God, because I've already got scriptures. I've already got your word. And I trust in the integrity of who you are. I pledge that I will approach you. So that means that there's no situation. It's not going to look like the abundance of a situation or a lack of a situation that's going to change that because it's a pledge. Let me be honest with you. Not even a mistake can make me turn away from that pledge. Because the Bible says, do not dare say before an angel it was a mistake. That's the understanding of pledging. So I pledged my heart knowing that in myself and where I'm coming from, I should not expect any other thing but flesh. But yet there was a glory in me that was daring enough to pledge that I will find you, God, that I will approach you. And you see, it was in our journey to seek him and find him that Christ will come along the way as our atonement because there's a level that you cannot enter, Moses. But I will be your atonement. I will be the one that will allow you where you can enter, where you shouldn't have entered because I am there with you. Are you listening to me, COD? God is taking us. When we begin to talk about nations, nations is not for us to go and travel and have fun, but there's a much deeper work to be done. A greater work. No, you're going there as an ambassador of the one who reigns on high. Who is this that pledges to approach me? may it be that we are spoken of like this by the heavens that's a guaranteed future you, you do know that that's a guaranteed life but let's look at Genesis 4 so let me try to put all of this or start the word Genesis chapter 4 let's look at Adam and Eve and, his, and their offspring and we'll begin to take steps gradual today wherever I feel like we should stop we'll stop I pray for understanding. I was interceding and I said it from yesterday that I pray that you have the heart to understand. Um, I believe will be very prophetic. And even if your head don't understand, I want you to have a heart full of faith. You will receive the spirit of what God is saying. It will begin to move you. It will begin to drive you and I. That's what will happen. Okay, let's read from Genesis chapter 4. Go on. Adam made lot. Adam made love to his wife Eve. The first man made love to his wife Eve and gave birth. Go on. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Yeah. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. With the help of the Lord. I love that. You know, they, 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 they see things, but they are seeing things. Yeah, therefore, it was the help of the Lord to produce a child. But they had to be prophets speaking towards Christ. They said that, that uh, by the help of the Lord, I brought forth. So what will help me bring forth what is in me? The Holy Spirit. Because that's the only person that's been called the help of the Lord. By the help of the Lord, I brought forth. COD is not going to be by our flesh and PT has been saying this to us and I've taken it personally but I think it's everything, it's everything that we should take that it's not going to be by our flesh it's not going to be by what you're good at or what you're not good at it's just going to be simple is the Holy Spirit with you? is He going to help you bring forth? so by the help of the Lord we brought forth are you listening to me? I said we brought forth because in the Spirit I see us we've given birth you're not here with me. Whoever is with me will hear it. Uh, I, I see in the spirit that we have brought forth. 
but that was by the help of the Spirit. But carry on reading because it's interesting what came forth. Go on. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. By the help of the Lord, Cain came. Oh God. By the help of the Lord, the person that needs to help gather everything for you came. You know, so there's going to be people. Let me tell you something. The church must never move from being, let me tell you something. There's going to be the church, but there's going to be the carnal that gathers to the church. These are people that will help you do what the church needs to do. Yeah, so this is the reason why you have to have love. You have to understand the gospel that has been given also to the Gentiles. There are people that won't follow you every day, but they are amongst the Pharisees. They are the ones that will prepare the tomb for you. They are the ones that will prepare what God needed to approve to preserve the body of Christ. It was not going to be the disciples that followed every day, but disciples that were out in carnal settings. There's not one person that was born by mistake. Not one. You cannot say to the one that makes the potter, why did you make me like this? You can't say it to him. But anyway, carry on reading, go on. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Yeah. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. Yeah. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Yeah. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Mm. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. He didn't look with favor. Now, we've treated this and we've heard all kinds of theories. But let's just stick with the word. The reason why he didn't accept Cain's was because Cain's was without faith. That's what Hebrews 11 says. We've heard things like, uh, because what Abel brought had blood in it. That's why God received it. There's no scriptural basis to that. We've heard that Cain was this. With that. There's no scriptural basis. The only basis we have was that by faith, Abel brought forth. Meaning that it wasn't Cain and Abel that brought forth gifts in faith. So you see, sometimes I get it. Your flesh may feel a type of way. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. But do you know what, you, what I was praying and fighting for upstairs? My faith. You know, sometimes situations happen or don't look favorable and all of a sudden you're, you're now here and there. You're like this with God. You're thinking, God, are you going to show up? Are you with me? This and that. But it's your faith being attacked. What you need to hold on to, what your fight is, like Paul told us, is the fight of our faith. That's what you're fighting for. Everything that begins to happen to you and I is to attack your faith. Please, guys, that's going to be very important because this year I taught you that is greater faith is faith worthy for the nations. So faith is important for where we're going. If not, some cannot follow us to that stage. But carry on reading. Go on. So Cain was very angry yeah. and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, mm. why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Yeah. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Yeah. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said, said to his brother Abel, mm. let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Mm. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? 
listen your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground yeah. now you are under a curse and driven from the ground which opened opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand when you work the ground it will no longer yield its crops for you yeah. you will be a restless wanderer on the earth verse 13 Cain said, said to the Lord mm. my punishment is more than I can bear today you are driving me from the land you are driving me from the land what was the land, guys? How can a man escape a land? I thought we're people of the land. We was not made to be on seas, right? But you see, the reference to the land gave, he, he was specific of where he was living. And just not to be um, like dragging this, it was Eden. He didn't want to leave God's presence. Do you understand? Imagine he as a sinner knew how bad it would be for him that leaves God's presence the land for which God called him to. But carry on reading. Keep that in note as well. Today you are driving me from the land. Yeah. And I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. Yeah. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Yeah. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one found him no one who found him would kill him mm. so Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod east of Eden Cain so you see that so he was given to a land outside of Eden but now this is interesting we've heard this over and over again but I want to um, echo some things or repeat some things into your spirit today so that we can understand when we go out to take nations now look at what this verse now says go on Cain made love to his wife and Cain she made love to his wife yeah and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch mm. Cain was then building so a this child did not come by the help of the Lord yeah but she gave birth she brought forth and he named him Enoch now this is not the Enoch that walked with God this is a different one but the Bible what's interesting about this is what the next part says go on Cain was then building a city and he named it after his son Enoch amazing did, did you hear that think of where Cain came from Cain came from God's presence before now, all he knew, his, um, his growth, he was born, bred in Eden. He killed his brother, then was casted out. So everything that makes Cain is still the sum up of what he has seen in God's presence. So where did he get the idea of building a city and naming it in the honor of the name of his son? It's something that God was always planning to do. In his presence, we are given secrets, revelational secrets to the things of God. This was not a random act because it would not have been written in scripture. He was trying to replicate what he had seen in the presence, what God was always planning to do, to raise a city in the honor of, the, of his son. He did not call it the city of Cain. He called it the city of Enoch. <laughs> Carry on reading, go on. To Enoch was born Irad. Yeah. And Irad was the father of Mehujael. And Mehujael was the father of Methushael. I don't need you to read this, but I want to hear you say it. So and, go <laughs> and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Mm. Lamech married two women, one named Adar and yeah. the other Zillah. Well done. 
Adda gave birth to Jabal, mm. and he was the father of those who lived in tents and raised livestock. You're very good at what you're doing, God. His brother's name was Jabal. Yeah. He was the father of all who played string instruments and pipes. Yeah. Zillah also had a son, mm. Tobal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Yeah. Tobal Cain's sister was Neymar. <laughs> Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Look at this pride. This is pride of the highest. Go on. Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. Yeah. I have killed a man for wounding me. I've killed your brother, but go on. A young man for injuring me. Yeah. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. Because I killed him. But let's leave that. So go to now Genesis chapter 12. Go on. Genesis chapter 12. So God wants to start a work on earth. Which he had hoped to have done with Adam. But since the time of Adam up until now Abraham. Things have gone terribly wrong. Adam was made in the likeness and in the image of God. But the problem with Adam and this is the problem with us guys and we need to get out of this the problem with Adam is that he tolerated a conversation I told you the other day that the problem was when Eve was talking to the serpent one of the translations says that Adam was there but was silent what we must not be are people who are silent when a wrong conversation is going on because it will affect you so because of his silence when he should have spoken now here's the problem as well as, this talk, as well as this shows the genesis of our fallen nature, it also tells us the fleshly church. Remember PT said to us that there's a church that exists right now, but there's also a church that is emerging. The glory of the latter house will be better than the former, will be more glorious, will be greater. So there will be the comparisons between two churches. I need you to think of that. So the problem with the old church is that they kept silent when they should be speaking. America still goes as it goes. England still goes as it goes. All these nations are still going the way they go because churches are afraid to speak. Because it is, listen to me, and this is where I hope that your spirit, you have the spirit of God. Because I realized more and more we cannot do this work without the spirit of God. Because the kind of fights you have to fight in order to bring forth, it's not without blood. It's not without blood, guys. You see, the church that you've been introduced to was a church that nothing happens to you. It's a church that God is good if nothing happens. But no, there's a greater God that allows things to happen to his people because it's for a greater agenda. You're not hearing me. So you see the church every day. You see parents that say, God, bless my family, protect my family, do this and do that. But imagine the God that commissioned the apostles allowed the Stephen to be killed. It got to a time that Paul or Peter, I can't remember which one, was saying that, you see, all these guys, no, it was Paul, that um, um, Christ appeared to more than 500 of them at the same time, which some of them have fallen asleep. Where was the good God in preserving their lives? No, because what we call good is not what heaven calls good. So what I actually want to say to you is that, because I said this in passing the other day, I saw in a short time an army being released and you see when an army is released 
if there's a thousand people in that army, it's not free that fight. It's all of them. They don't break ranks in order to execute what they're looking to execute. They know who speaks, who leads them. They know who deals with the arrows and bows. They know who has the spear and the sword. I'm saying something here. They know each of their respectful positions. Yet they know that they all fight. So what I want to say to you is that the problem with the church is that there's usually one pastor fighting and the rest of them looking for comfort and refuge. This is not a, a, asylum seekers. This is God raising an army like he did with Abraham's house. The people that were born into his house were not looking for refuge. They became warriors. I considered for a moment that Abraham as one man in his own household had 318 men ready and bred for war. How many of us is in here now? Not even a hundred. But you see, it was 318 men. That's not even considering a family. So you see the kind of capacity that God gave Abraham. Now it's intentional that I said to you that God gave that capacity to Abraham. It's intentional. Not Abraham. He gave the capacity to raise an army to Abraham. God will allow even Jacob, who is to be a spiritual nation, he will allow him to have a flesh part to execute or to bring him into his spiritual part. It was the flesh part of Jacob of Israel that got him the blessing from his brother. I told you that the father's blessing commits you onto a journey to seek the blessing of the God of your father. Yeah? Okay, so now the Bible takes us to Abraham. This is God with Abraham. Before Abraham, like I said to you, so the world had fallen away. Every man started learning outside the teachings of God. And you know when you learn outside the teachings of God, you, won't, you will not know. So what was, if it was the fallen angels that started to teach men these things, what was their duty? To pull them more and more away from the purpose of God. They will learn how to make iron. Please, I'm saying things. This is why I said your ears have to be open. I, for those that I did say pray, I hope you did pray though. It wasn't just that they couldn't make iron. What God was, God was not angry with them making iron. Or let me relate that with us. God's not angry with you making money. What God needs you to know is the purpose of it. But what the world teaches you is yes, make it. And it's not bad. So that's why someone in the house of God can say, I need to go and get a job to make money. Do you understand? But the problem is that God needed it to be him that teaches you because with his teaching, it's not just the crafting of these things. It's the reason for it. It's the lack of knowledge by which people perish. They don't know what it's for. They don't know what money's for. So our, grown, our growing up taught us that money was for a better family. But what God taught us when we get into the scripture was for the building of his temple. Now, here's the thing. And I need you to keep thoughts on all of these things. So that when people start to say, oh, you know, when we're going into Europe and all of these things, they understand. Because right now you want to go into Europe because you like traveling. Because you do not yet know what it's for. 
And this is what I've realized. God will not allow you to enter certain things until you know if you're chosen. If you're chosen, he will not allow you. Because you must know the reason. Imagine that God gave the reason for the, the exodus of Israelites to Moses before he brought them out. He said, so that you can bring them to me. So it wasn't oh, Moses so that you can be known as a president. No, it's so that you can bring them to me. Why do we have finances? Let me keep repeating this. Why do you have this gift? Somehow you're meant to use this to bring something to him. But again, the world don't teach us that. So someone's craftiness or someone's business ability is usually first, or, or talent is usually first known for the building of themselves. And God says, you can't enter my land with that thought. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So now we see, I told you that eventually when Cain killed Abel, eventually Adam and Eve had a child by which they named Seth. Seth was then named as, um, was named because they believed that God had given them another seed. I've taught you that before, so I won't go into that. He said that he's given them another seed. Seth then grew up and had a child. But I love how one of the translations said it because this is one of the words that I believe that God has given me this year. He says, and Seth fathered a son. I love that translation. It's the ISV translation. It says that, and Seth fathered a son who he called Enosh. And when Enosh was alive, the Bible says, and men began to call on the name of the Lord again. That's what God wants to do with you and I. Your very existence, our very existence is going to cause a generation to call on God's name again. It doesn't matter how bad and how far people have fallen from God's purpose and will. There's a breed that just needs to be uncovered. There's a breed that just needs to be delivered. There's a breed that just needs to grow. And because of their existence, men will call on their name. So when we begin to say that we're going to build a revival network, what I'm trying to say is because of you. It's because of your faith. It's because of your fight. It's because God has snatched the fear of death from you. So there's nothing that can hold you back. What holds men and women um, back from speaking God's word is the fear of death. They, they fear um, losing um, credibility. They fear of losing their life. They fear of losing finances. But we know that we are those of the son of man that may not have a house, but we have a core. We understand that we are strangers on this earth, but we have a heavenly home. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Until then, it let me tell you something. Positive confessions does not bring you into what God has called you to be. You have to understand why. If not anybody can start saying in the name of Jesus, I declare that I'll be the richest woman. It does not work like that. You have to understand why. You have to understand why you are made like this. I told you before, like David, David realized at a point his reason of why. He realized that at a certain point, God raised him for the sake of Israel. It wasn't because he was a good guy. It was because God had something to do with Israel. And until you know your why, you're not going to do it. You're not going to enter what God has called you to enter unless you know your why so now the Bible lets us know so because of Enosh men in such a dark world began to call on the name of the Lord again and somehow God is able to keep finding a way of keeping his lineage his family lineage going somehow it doesn't matter how dark the world is there was someone that just always called on God's name and God was able to put okay I'll put Christ in him Okay, this is a prostitute, but she's seen the light. Let me put Christ in her. 
Oh God, are you listening to me? Uh, Christ will be put in this person and that person until the fullness of time for him to be delivered. So now the Bible now goes on. So God's tried with Adam and all these people and all of a sudden and Abraham comes, or Abraham, let me say, comes to the picture. And what is the first conversation between Abraham and God? Read from verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, yeah. go from your country. He says, go from your country. I know you've heard this many times. He says, go from your country, yeah? Your people and your father's household. Your people and your father's household, yeah? To the land I will show you. I want to take you to a land. But you see this land, I will show you it. Not your eyes. Again, you know, many of us, how many of you have not been to America before? You've not been to America. How many of you have not seen America though? You've seen it, right? But here's the problem. God wants to show you it. It's not what your eyes have shown you. No, you don't get it. So somebody, I was talking to someone yesterday. Someone wants to get into trading because they have seen, yeah, what trading can do for them. But God has not shown them. So that's why you see many people who have tried trading because of what their eyes have seen, but got there and realized it wasn't what they were looking for. So God says specifically to Abraham, I want, so what I'm trying to say to you is that if there's anything you're entering in, be sure it's a core. Because if it's not a core, you will not be shown. So what keeps me speaking is because it's a core. So God has to keep showing me the way to doing this work. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So the Bible now says that Abraham, go out of your father's household, out of your own kindred, your own family, out of your own country to a land. Not that your parents would have shown you or have spoken about. Not what your community would have shown you or spoke about. But what only I can show you. Now please take note of that as well. Carry on reading. Go on. I will make you into a great nation. I will make you into a great nation, yeah? And I will bless you. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make your name great. Go and on. And you will be a blessing. Yeah. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Yeah. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. So Abraham responded to the call. That's what it means when he went. He responded to the call. And then what happened? As the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. What will be the thing that will bite you is the relationship you're struggling to get rid of. God wants to take you into a place. And it's not that the person is bad because Lot wasn't bad. In a dark city, in a dark town, Lot was able to raise virgins in a place that was so sexually perversed. It means that he himself was good, but was not part of your journey. You know the problem, what is holding you back is there are good people that God says for you or where I'm trying to take you. I can't do you and that person right now. I can't do you and that person right now. I love what Pastor Dami said on Periscope. Sometimes God has to call Joseph away and almost remove his mind from his family, the ones that he loves, because he could not have done that journey with Judah. He could not have done that journey with Simeon or Levi. It had to be just him. And 
he had to believe listen to me guys because this will help us you have to believe that God knows what he's doing more than what you think you know sometimes we don't accept his words because we don't believe we don't trust that he knows what he's doing with us and sometimes he calls you aside he calls you alone into a journey that will actually preserve your family so you know sometimes what I'm actually saying to you is that sometimes taking them along is actually what's destroying them your political and your love your sentimental love is sometimes what is destroying that person God says leave them leave them and enter what I've called you to enter and you will see how you will cause them to sit in the highest position Joseph was taken away from his family he was then eventually we know his rise in Egypt became like basically the governor of Egypt but because of where he had got to because of following God what happened his brothers and sisters who were in famine were able to sit in the highest palace table I said today will be prophetic, so I pray your ears are open. But carry on reading. Go on. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Yeah. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. Yeah. And they set out for the land that, of Canaan. You see what the problem is? Sometimes you're trying to take what you've acquired. But I love Christ because this may not make sense to you now, but hopefully later. Christ will say, now when I send you, take no money bags with you. Take no this. Don't take this. For the worker is worthy of what he can get. In other words, what you get on the journey is what you're worthy of. But the problem is, sometimes to keep relevant, we take what made us relevant in our old countries. You know, I, I told you my fight before. What I, all I knew was youth revival. So when I was called out of youth revival, I was called alone, in quotes. Do you understand? But the problem is, is that I wanted to still carry youth revival because that was my only definition. This is what God is trying to say. For me to take you to the land that I need to show you, I don't need anything else to influence you. I need you to get rid of it. So the Bible goes on to say what? Go on. I still they, got a long way, but go on. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Yeah. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At, the, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel yeah. and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Amazing. Now, I want you to consider that scripture now. And there's something not adding up. In this scripture, something's not adding up. The Bible said to Abram, Leave where you are to a land I will show you. He gets his family, takes all of them. The Bible goes on to say that now, verse 5, he says he took Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Can we establish that they arrived at Canaan? They got there. It was there that what happened? Read verse 6. Abram traveled through the land. He surveyed the land. 
he started to look at the land. He considered this land because God had said to him, I'm going to take you to a land where I, I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. He says, look at this land. Oh, it's nice, right? So Abraham is going with his family and saying, okay, cool. This is where God was showing us. But look at what happens. He looks across the land. Go on. As far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. Yeah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Now, at that time, there was a people that lived in that land who God does not consider a people. You're not listening to me. You see, the problem is, yeah, when we talk about Europe, and this might sound a bit rude, but when we talk about Europe, my question to you is that, does people live there? Do you know people? No, so I know some people say, I have family in this place. I have no, in God's eyes, are these people considered people or land? Because the people of God are people that heavens consider. They will ask questions about them. They will know of them. So God was going to give a land that was with that was already occupied by people. It's just that God did not consider them a people. So he can wipe them clear. So you see, when we go to Europe and all these places, I'm sorry to say, I don't consider these people a people unless God shows me to shows me them as one. God is trying to do something with the church and I pray that it's us. You know, we're meant to remain radical. We're meant to be raw. We're meant to be revivalists. We're meant to be those by which God executes his righteousness. David, as much as he was someone that had the heart of God, he killed women. You're not hearing me. He killed women. He killed children. He killed men. He killed animals. His thing was not that he was a murderer. His thing was that he became so one with God that he executed God's judgment. And God says, this man is a man of my own heart. Meaning what I hate, he hates. What I love, he loves. He does not consider the things I hate. Saying, God, how do you hate a child? He says that, so, you know, how do I say this today? So he doesn't look at England and says, oh, but God, they're trying. It's in whatever way God sees it, he sees it. What made um, people like Saul lose his kingdom? He considered the people of a land that God did not consider. So where he was meant to destroy things, he said, let me bring it back to God. But God says, no, I sent you to destroy. Because where I'm taking you is where God calls Jeremiah the generation of the young prophets he calls them and he says I called you to uproot and destroy that's what I called you for the reason why we don't see the power of God as we should is because we're trying to mend things that should be utterly destroyed before being built Christ never said so when they wanted to present this temple Christ didn't say okay I will make amendments to this temple he says it took you 46 years to build it but destroy it and I will raise it in God's time in three days. I will raise it. So God, why do I say these things? God will not call him, um, he will not live with others. He will not live in what the world and he built. It has to be what he built. Okay, we're going somewhere. So where was you? Verse 7. Verse 7, did you say? Yeah, yeah so read verse 7. 
the Lord so I was saying that there was an issue here. Now go on. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. So when he got to the land, the Bible lets us know if you're reading from verse 7. You said you was at verse. Okay, read for verse 7. Go on. The Lord appeared to Abram and said. Perfect. So all of a sudden now, he set him on a journey. When he's got to the land, the scripture tells us yet again, God revealed himself. And to confirm that this is where he was going, the Bible says that the Lord appeared and then said what? To your offspring, I will give this land. I will give this land to your offspring. Carry on. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So what, did, what was the first thing he would build? Something that would declare worship to God. You know, a lot of people are trying to build a life before they build something that would declare worship to God. Look at where he built this altar of God in the land of the Canaanites. They had their other gods. They, they had their other gods, guys. You know, gods determine your way of living. I've taught you about Ephesus. They had the goddess Artemis. She was someone that helped productivity. She was someone that made their land fruitful. So this is why in their land, they trusted a lot. They, because of that, they will have a lot of people that will make silver because they will raise a lot of altars to her so that their lands can keep producing. They, they, so what I'm trying to say is that the whole, when you look at England, you may not have seen the goddess, but the lifestyle tells you that there's a God that they're living by. So the reason why God can't consider Canaan as a people is because he doesn't consider their God as a God. Oh, you're not hearing me. He doesn't consider their God as a God. The problem is, we as fleshly people, we just see people. We are not people of the spiritual realm. So this is why when God raises you to raise something that looks like what you see in the world, it's actually a statement to condemn what already exists in the world. So if we say we're building a trading family, we're not trying to build a trading family that coexists. We're trying to build a trading family that would utterly destroy. We're trying to build a trading family that when the world sees it, they will know that there's something here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So now here's the issue. The Bible says now, the Lord appears to Abraham and says, you see this place, I'm going to give it to your offspring. Carry on reading for me, Pastor Abby. To your offspring, I will give this land. Yeah. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills of east, east of Bethel yeah. and pitched his tent. He pitched his tent. I thought he would come to a stop because it looks like the land he was looking for. It looked like the land that God was showing him. In fact, God actually says, it's here that I'm going to bless. So God's approval was here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But then the Bible goes on to, so he pitched his tent, but then what happened? With Bethel on the west and I on the east, yeah. there he built an altar to the Lord yeah. and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward he the next. He continued. So he was still looking. Now today, I don't intend to speak revelation to you. I'm trying to open your eyes to something because those that understand nation taken understands what God is showing them. What God, what God is showing them the world says in the land of Canaan, later on we see the Israelites, they were being promised to go into a land, right, that flowed with milk and honey. According to scripture, there were even spies 
that sold the land and they said yes it actually flows with milk and honey i personally don't know how a land will flow with milk and honey i don't know how you even um, uh, measure that do you understand the whole land but they saw it they testified of it but the problem is god says i'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey they see the land but they don't come to a stop there because like i said to you the other day guys and this is why i asked you guys to pray what god is trying to bring us out of is the flesh that tries to understand faith into the spiritual realm of faith because what they saw was something that carnally looked like it but wasn't it you know pastor toby said that the flesh and the spirit can look so alike it's just that it's not it so abraham now being driven by god got to the land only to know that the land wasn't the land for you to help me with that hebrews 11 Read from verse 8 when you're there. So again, so that you can follow me, and I pray that God gives us grace and gives me grace to articulate this to you. God called him to a land that only he can show him. He got to the land. Please, let's think of this practically as well, so that you understand that God speaks to us. And yes, we, might, we may journey through fleshly things, in quotes, but he's ultimately taking us to a spiritual place. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Ultimately, he's trying to take us to a spiritual place. So what I want you to see here is Abraham's journey. But now with the revelation of Christ, we can now see the spiritual journey he was actually on. Read for me. By faith. By faith. Abraham. When called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. First of all, it wasn't Abraham called to a place. It was Abraham. So I said to you that what God was speaking. So you see what happens right now. For example, I can be speaking to a Remy. Yeah. Or God can be speaking to a Remy. But Remy is receiving it according to the flesh. But God still speaks to you because he's not actually speaking to the shell Remy. He's speaking to the Remy that he formed that in your journey that remy will be revealed so you have to journey through fleshly things to eventually get to the spiritual place so now the bible says what to us the bible then goes on to say now abraham so now with the fullness of revelation which is christ they were able to say god did not call abraham he called abraham out no you're not hearing he didn't call abraham out he called abraham out but it looked like abraham now carry on reading. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. Who, where, what did God show us in Genesis 12? He says, to your offspring, I will give this land. This was something that would be later his inheritance. But when he was called to go to a place that would later be given to him as inheritance, what happened? Obeyed and went. He obeyed and went. Go on. Even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not know where he was going. Now think about this practically, guys. Because you see what the war is now? It's flesh versus the spirit now. Our flesh is trying to understand it. Our spirit is trying to tell us it's actually spiritual. Now look at this. Abraham was called out to a land that, he was, that God will show him. Yeah, We don't know the means of his journey. We don't know if he had to journey by sea or by land we don't know god kept that away from us but we know he went on a journey 
<laughs> he went on a journey. Now the Bible lets us know, please, if we're gathering around, yeah, it either has to be a very far place, yeah, for everyone in his family and in his country to not know that that land exists. Because God said, it has to be a land I will show you. It can't be a land that someone, if we're living in London, someone in Manchester can say, oh, you know, there's a Cardiff, you know. Like, it, it can't be somewhere where someone else knows. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So that should have been the first sign that the journey that God was calling Abraham on, a father. He was calling Abraham to becoming a father. I need you to hear this. He's calling Abraham to becoming a father. It was not going to be according to the flesh. That's why God can try him to kill his only son. Because God was trying to say, what I'm giving you is not fleshly. If I was to take you to Romans 11 later, the Bible says all of Israel will be saved. But considered part of Israel that will be saved as Gentiles. It was, not called, it was not talking about Israel according to the flesh. It was talking about Israel according to faith. Why am I saying all of this? What God is calling us into is bigger than what our flesh understands. But we will journey through fleshly things to discover that understanding. Why I'm saying this is because when we go to nations, we're thinking, oh, we're going to Switzerland. We're going to here. And our flesh feels like we're just going to build churches there. But there's a journey beyond. Again, Abraham had to go to the land. And it's only there he realized that that was not the land. So we think, you know, we used to say, oh, we're going to Europe. And we thought that that's the, the ultimate of what God wanted to do. But it's when we get there, we'll realize that there's something more than what our flesh is witnessing. There's something our spirit is witnessing. So now the Bible goes on to say what? By faith. By faith. He made his home. In please the so understand. So the journey starts by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's not a fleshly journey. So it's not I'm trying to become rich. But there's a richness in the spiritual core. So for example, let me make that a bit more practical. According to the flesh, we feel that because we're constantly sowing, it means that one day our bank accounts will be very big. The truth of it, guys, is not necessarily that everyone will be a billionaire, but we'll have the billions. Do you understand that? So according to the flesh, we see it one way. According to the spirit, it's fulfilled. Carry on reading, go on. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Yeah. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Yeah. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I love that. Now, please pay attention to this. Because unless you have this spirit, you're going to give up along the way. Did you hear what I just said to you? If your heart don't see beyond the flesh, you'll give up. I don't care who you're called. I don't care what you think of yourself. If your eyes can only see fleshly, you will give up. What does give up mean? You will settle. You will settle if you do not see spiritually. For example, what would have, have cancelled the call in course, if I can say this, but I know that I'm saying this in the right way, the call of Pastor Toby, if he chose to settle in London. But when he went to London, 
I remember hearing him saying that this is not your harvest. But you came here. Your prayer and fasting, you had to go through a fleshly journey. So your prayer and fasting was for a bigger church and all of these things in quote. You believe that people are going to walk in, yes, fleshly journeys to a spiritual end. So why I said this would be difficult is because I kept telling you that the vision I saw in 17th of December, I said in that vision that I went walking with PT from a land known to men to a land not known to men. Meaning that your journey will start off with what you think you know until it ends you up to a place that where God only knows. So, for example, before the nation, some of you did not think that it's possible that at some point in your life you may be living in Africa. You, you didn't know that. But where did God call you? You thought, I want to start doing church. He first called you to a church. Then when you got to the church, you pitched a tent. You built an altar. From there you worshipped God. But like Abraham, you continued. Because you was looking forward for a city. You was looking for a city, who's found, a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. What am I trying to say? Where God is calling you, if a man has made it, it's not where God's calling you. If a man has made something, yeah, it doesn't matter how great it looks. If a man's made it, it's not the ultimate of where God's calling you. That's why I love the fact that Joseph, it was prophetic what he said. He carried on a journey, though dead, saying that if when I see this exodus, so God showed him something more than Egypt. And he says, once you, you leave Egypt, take my bones, include me in this journey. Because where we are going is a spiritual journey. So I said to you, and I say these things um, deliberately to you, that I've got to a place where I've realized that what God has called me is beyond my flesh. If it ends with me, it's not what God is calling me into. So you remember I used to banter that as the scripture says that since we are gathered, surrounded by such a cl great cloud of witnesses, I can't wait till I'm also in that grandstand and I'm looking at the Obi of 100 years later. He don't have to be black. He just needs to have the same spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there's a journey that God is calling us into. But here's, here's the important part, guys. You slow down the arrival of that journey if you don't respond to God's call because you have to walk a certain journey. No, did you hear what I said? You have to walk a certain journey. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews 11. And by faith, yeah. even Sarah. Read from verse 8 again. By faith, yeah. Abraham, Abraham. When, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, yeah. obeyed and went. He obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going. Of course he knew. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Of course he knew the land. Do you understand? Like, are you saying that God, was he like, um, what's the name of the guy that, um, discovered America. What's his name again? Christopher Columbus, yeah? Funny enough, he didn't really discover it, though. You know he didn't really discover it. You know America is named after an Italian person? The, the Italian man is called Amerigo or something, yeah? And they Latinized his name. That's what caused America. Because Christopher didn't know that this was America. You see what I said to you? It sounds like I'm trying to do history. What God is calling you, you know, Jews are known for what? They're sojourners, right? 
they journey. Um, I took you to a scripture at first so that you know that I'm not going out of place. I took you to a scripture that the city that came built was named after his son. When you look at America and all of these places, do you know what that is? Men. America is a man that became a city. So Abraham was looking one day for he was called to Canaan but through that God was calling him to where? A city with foundations. Meaning that everything that he has seen had no foundations. That's the reason why we can see the rise and fall of different armies for example. Different empires because they didn't have the foundation. Now, this is important because now we will say we're not in the um, age of empires. And you'll be thinking, why are you talking like this? We're going to Europe. You're leaving your home. Unless you understand what God has called you, you will settle where he didn't call you to settle. And the problem is, I think Pastor Indidi was showing you an example that sometimes the spirit is the one that causes the flesh to trip. So she was saying things like, if I, if I can say it correctly, it's, it was like Naomi saying that, you don't need to follow me, but cause you to trip. What did, she, what did the Spirit help you to do? Settle. Settlement makes you give up on God's call. So I am not going, or you are not going to Europe to find a better way of settlement. You know, that's what destroyed our parents. They thought coming to England was a better settlement for them. But that's what, that's the moment that their core, their relationship with God died. Because they could not see beyond the flesh. They could not see beyond. Yes, in this land, it looked and it appeared that there was better things. But God is saying that I am spirit. I'm not going to call you to dwell in what is flesh. There's something bigger than what you can see with your own eyes. That's why I have to show you. So you then realize why we have to keep having a relationship with God. Because if, again, carnal is, and it's normal. Think about pastors. What's their biggest settlement plan? They get a big church, a big building. They settle there. But the fact that we don't have a building, it gives us an, a mindset that like the son of man, we have no place to rest our heads. But there's a work we must do. As I finish my walk, then the apostles carry their ones on. Then as I'm about to finish, the apostles start saying things. And I write to you, Timothy. It's a constant journey, guys. Meaning that you will have a part to play if you walk this walk properly. And what happens a thousand years from now? But remember that America is however old, but it's named to a man that really discovered it for what it was. So now the Bible, I hope you're understanding this anyway. So the Bible goes on to say, he, from verse 8 once more, go on. By faith, Abraham, yeah. when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, yeah. obeyed and went. He obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was Even going. Even though he did not know where he was going. PT has taught us this before. And let me say it again because I know we've forgotten. And again, the excitement of what our flesh can see can make us miss it. Please, do you know why I'm stressing these things here? Be careful not to dictate what your harvest is. Because you will be disappointed. And if your heart is not guarded, 
you blame God. You will say, why have I given all of this? Why have I, let me use Corinna's example, because I heard her saying that she'll be um, financially rich, and you will be, but it will be in what God calls financially rich though. Because your mind already has, um, what is it, um, um, defined that. But the problem is that means you've zeroed God's hand. Financial rich might be, God forbid, but not, not God forbid if it's God's will. It may be that you may never have money in your account, but you have access to everybody that has the finances. So this is the reason why we learn that we don't define our harvest. I think PT taught us that it is God that gives the body. It is God. I say these things not for your faith to die, but your faith to be empowered beyond the flesh. So then we can do what PT has taught us. I don't know why I've just remembered this now, but PT taught us how to separate his life issues from his walk with God. Because if we're not careful, our life issues are fleshly. We'll blend it in with God and say, why did this happen? But I can see Stephen and the apostles in that. Why can they rejoice in death? Because they knew that they didn't really die. That's why the Bible will call it. it was, they will say of each other that they only slept. They only slept. They're resting in their part of the journey. I pray we understand these things. So now the Bible says, now, he doesn't know where he was going. Of course he knew where he was going. But what he didn't know was what he was to expect there. Again, what makes us mess up and fall? We have expectation. We know it. For example, our parents, you know my cousin, yeah? I have a cousin called Bobby. I'm always busting jokes at him. Um, very funny guy, interesting guy. Grew up in Nigeria. In Nigeria, popular, did his own thing, brilliant. But unfortunately, he was, um, his mom and dad was never married. They had a child. So he was the only, he's the only from his mom and dad. His mom has her own family. His dad has his own family. So when my grandma died, he had no one else that could look after him. So he was brought here to London. His mindset, sincerely, was that there were streets that were of gold in England. Now, that's funny because we live here. Oh, my days. I, I'm, I'm thinking, how do I say this today? You know, you're laughing at that, but someone wants to be famous. But the famous don't want to be famous. So you're laughing because you know it, because you live here. But there's an appearance given by other people. Satan, given by other people that makes you long for it so he came and to his dis to his surprise very disappointed because every day in london they're doing one work road work um road works every day there's one traffic there's this i'm waiting for that street of gold because our one is terrible have you been to amsterdam before no one okay if you go there and you see the if you see the roads there you'll ask why is London so powerful because London don't show it what am I trying to say so someone wants to be an influencer until they become an influencer and realize they don't want to be an influencer 
Why? Because they saw what God did not show them. And they, they wanted that. So what the Bible is, you see now, on the opposite, Pastor Toby didn't know what to expect in London. Didn't know what to expect. But because he didn't know what to expect, something came out of it. Now keep that in mind because then you will know why Pastor Ben is Pastor Ben. Why Immy is Immy. Well, no, let me not go ahead of myself. Why Glody is Glody. Carry on reading. Go on. He did not know what to expect. That's what it meant. Go on. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. I thank God that this scripture further explains or confirms to us that he made his home in the promised land. According to the flesh, he got there. He built up tents. But go on. He lived in tents, yeah. as did Isaac and Jacob. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. Yeah. Who were heirs with him of the same promise. Who God also promised this same journey to, or this same land to. Go on. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations. But why didn't he settle? Why didn't he make houses? of brick or mud like others because he was looking for a city when i say things like now make them into cities you will understand that what god is calling you is bigger than you you see the problem with your eyesight this is what i've been asking god for if you remember i took you to matthew 6 i believe it was and i said to you that if your eyes be light then your whole body will be light I told you that your eye plays a, hu a huge part on your life. Remember that I told you that the body is different from you. So the body of Basola could be Birmingham, for example. But if they will prosper and respond to God's precepts, it will be according to what Basola sees. I think what hurt me today, and I want Labella to listen to me here. Yeah? I pray this is not you. This is not you, of course. So don't connect this let me just say this to you to everyone good people don't enter God only God people meaning that you can be someone morally that everyone says oh you're nice it doesn't mean you enter God yeah can we establish that that's why you can see someone like Rahab who morally looks bad but she's part of God's lineage somehow according to the flesh Christ is connected to a prostitute. I'll just say that. So anyway, Dory, it's not to you. It's not to anybody. But carry on reading. Go on. Whose architect and builder is God. Yeah. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, yeah. was enabled to bear children. Yeah. Because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Hebrews 12 is a chapter that we love so much. It got, it's like God actually spends a whole chapter commending men that lived this earth, lived on this earth. He said these were the exceptionals. When heaven wants to ask a question, it's David they ask about. It's Abel they ask about. It's all these people that they ask about. But look at how their journey ended. Again, so that our faith won't be lost. It goes on to say, what verse are you on? Um, 12. Go and read it. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, yeah. and as countless as the sand on the seashore. But verse 13. 
all these people were still living by faith when they died all these people were still in anticipation of something they were still driven by something beyond them when they died do you understand these things guys they were Okay, carry on reading. Go on. They did not receive the things promised. They did not receive the things promised. But Abraham or Abraham got to the promised land. But they did not receive it. But go on. They only saw them and welcomed them. The reason why they commended was at the point of death, could they still see it? Could they still see what God was trying to do? This is what made them blessed. So let me help you with this because I'm looking at some people's faces. Let me help you with this. God does not call us to a physical journey. It's too small of God. At most, we'll live maybe a hundred years. It's still small to what the grand plan of God could be. What we should see from scripture was that these people were commended by God because when they died, they still had faith to see. They realized that what God was doing was beyond them. It was beyond them. And here's what's most interesting. They were able to see it from afar. Meaning that they were well positioned. Now, I said all of that for you to then understand this. Abraham was looking for a city. Read that once more because I know people miss what I wanted to show them there. Where it says Abraham was looking for, for a city. Go on. By faith. Do you remember when I taught you this, guys? Okay, I'll remind you. Go on. By faith. By faith. He made his home in the promised land. He made his home in the promised land, yeah? Like a stranger in a foreign country. Like a stranger in a foreign country, yeah? He lived in tents. He lived in tents. As did Isaac and Jacob. As did Isaac and Jacob. I hope you're hearing me. Go on. Who were heirs with him of the same promise. Who God gave the promise to as well. Go on. For he was looking forward. For he was looking forward. So everything you see before that, he did that in terms of the way he lived. He did that because he was looking forward. You remember I told you that someone like Daniel prospered in his fleshly realm because of what he was seeing in the spiritual realm. I said to you, the reason, the secret to Abraham, I think it was when I was talking about, I mean to Daniel, I think it was when I was talking about self, maybe it was. I said that the blessing of Daniel was not because he himself was wise. No, he received wisdom. He knew how to enter a realm. But I said to you that the secret to his prosperity in Babylon was that whenever he went to his room, he would shut his doors. But his window was looking towards what? A city, Jerusalem. Can I, I did make a comment in that word as well. I said to you, how far was Babylon from Jerusalem that he can see it from his window? So you see now, when I said that, You'll think physically, he had a window that can see as far as Jerusalem. Go and check the maps, how far Babylon is from a city. You can't even see Manchester from where you are. Are you hearing me? And if it was that close, they should have been able to run away. So when the Bible says the window will open to Jerusalem, it was talking about his spiritual eyes. He prospered in his now because of where he can see he was going spiritually. 
The problem is you see music too much. You see your career too much. And because of that, you don't prosper here. But what will make you prosper here is because you see well. Are you hearing me? You see well. So I'm not looking to be accepted in my generation. I'm looking to see well. I'm looking for the, uh, when I said looking forward, I said looking towards the prosperity of God's city. There's something ultimately God is building towards. The city is the climax of it all. That's what I'm looking towards. As I look towards that, God will cause me to prosper here because I will live rightly. Oh God. He lived as a stranger in the land that he thought God gave him because he could see well. So as a stranger, he prospered. Meaning as a resident, he wouldn't have prospered. As someone that was of that nation, if he made himself like Lot did, Lot did not make himself a stranger. He's, he was someone that lived in Sodom. He was actually a neighbor. So because he could not see well, he lived and depended that he would prosper according to what he could see, according to the flesh. But people like Daniel, people like um, Abraham, they prospered in their now because of how they could see. That's how they prospered. So what was Abraham looking forward towards? A city. But this city has foundations. This city, with its foundations, the Bible also says that the architect, how you know the city is that the architect and the builder cannot be Abraham and God. It cannot be the Canaanites and God. It can only be God. Are you sure you're hearing what I'm saying to you? Okay, before I take you to the next part for you to understand that, First Peter chapter 2. Lead me to you. Forever, Lord, I will pursue. I'm hoping that you hear me. Let me tell you something. Lose your desire for fleshly things. Did you hear when scripture said things like, do not store up treasure where it can rot? He's trying to take you out of a realm into a realm. Today I was upstairs praying for heaven to invade earth. And God says, when the Holy Spirit comes, the whole of heaven comes and resides in you. So I heard P. Ricks again saying that, you know, heaven is not there or the spiritual realm is not there. It's together. So that's why Abraham and somebody can be there and their life frame-wise and country-wise can be the same, but their results are different. It's because of what they see. You remember when I used to teach you, Elijah always used to say things, as, the, as long as the Lord lives by whom I stand before. He was telling us what he constantly sees. He saw God. It, it, it was so beautiful that when the spirit came upon Elisha, all of a sudden Elisha started saying the same thing. So what changed his life? If you can see well. Do you remember when Pastor Indidi was saying to you yesterday? So when I was listening, I was just like, okay. I was listening back and forth between P. Riggs and Pastor Indidi. I was thinking, did you hear? You know, because, mm, and yes, sir, or yes, ma, is a deceit to one person. It's a deceit. What it is, is that if your head don't understand it, you ask God to help you. Because the bringing forth was not in your power anyway. Remember what I told you, that the bringing forth was by the help of the Lord. 
So if you're going to bring into manifestation what you have received, it's going to be by the Spirit. So you ask the Spirit to help you. What then happens, like I said with Pastor um, Dami, it could be first day that you didn't understand. But by the time you needed to bring it forth, the Holy Spirit will bring it forth. Do you understand these things? So now the issue is we need to leave a certain realm. And God says, if you're going to leave a certain realm, leave the concerns because the concerns is what makes you in either realm. The Bible says of Peter, this is Christ of Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for your concerns are merely human concerns. That's what makes you of this realm where Satan has power of. But if you're going to have, be of the realm of God, it's going to be that what is God's concern is yours. Now, what is God's concern? His heavenly Jerusalem, his city. Now, 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, yeah. hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure... Verse 4. As you, come, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God yeah. and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So sometimes God speaks to people like people or he speaks to them as infrastructures. He speaks as if they're temples, as if they are cities, as if they are nations. You've seen it in scripture, right? But carry on reading, go on. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion. For in scripture, Peter by the spirit had to emphasize a point. Peter was not the one that God gave this prophecy to. That see, I lay a, a, a stone in Zion. It has been spoken. But the Spirit caused Peter to repeat it. Guys, there are things I'm repeating to you. And I've prayed for you guys. I've prayed for us that our spirit will understand these things. So that we do not settle before God has settled. So that we don't settle before God has settled. If not, we will miss it. We will, we will shortchange ourselves. Because we do not have the ability to see well. So what is amazing about this is that Peter, being inspired by the Spirit, had to remind the people saying, listen, pay attention. I have laid a stone in Zion. What is this stone? Carry on reading. A chosen and precious cornerstone. A chosen and precious cornerstone, yeah? And the one who trusts in him. And the one who trusts in him. So this stone, so one is, at one point it's a stone and now it's a hymn. Now, this stone, anyone that trusts in him, what will happen? Will never be put to shame. They cannot be put to shame. Meaning what they believed, what they... You know, Abraham is dead. But I don't think he's in heaven or wherever he is, ashamed. Because right now, at least three world-leading religions bank on him. And he went with just one son or... I know he had other sons after, but he went with thinking probably according to the flesh, he would have thought, where's my promise, God? But now this guy's probably, if wealth is given according to the people you have, Abraham is probably the richest man alive. I mean, yeah, alive because God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. 
Oh, I need you to hear me with these things. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So now look at what happens. He says, see, I've laid a stone in Zion. Yeah. A chosen and precious cornerstone. I've chosen him, Christ. Go on. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. He won't be put to shame. Go on. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So he's become the cornerstone. So we know that Christ is the foundation. Now, here's where I feel that I would kind of speak and make way, get us really now into what church is meant to be. Um, because... God really wants to move us away from being the defensive to the offensive. And you know, sometimes we're too careful with the nations that God don't regard as a people. We've allowed our parents and social media to define to us America when God hasn't given them a name. I'm just using that as an example. We've allowed um, the ends to have a name because of social media, because of drill. But God hasn't given them a name. As far as, and I'm taking there ultimately, as far as you are Jeremiah, your duty is to first destroy what you see. Do you understand that? Meaning you totally don't agree with what you see running. So I get it. PT as an apostle almost destroyed what we saw church to be before building it. Then from there, you can then join in on the journey with God to somewhere. Then you'll see prosperity. Then you'll see all these things. So I've taken you to the scripture for you to know that the city of God is Zion. Because it says wherever the city was, the city he was looking for was with foundations. But I've placed this foundation in Zion. Yeah? Hebrews 12 verse 23. Then I'll take you to our last scripture and round up. Hebrews 12, verse 23. But you have come to Mount Zion. But you have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. To the city of the living God. So Mount Zion is the city of the living God. Yeah. The heavenly Jerusalem. Mm. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. So when we're singing for we are standing in holy grounds. And we know that there are angels all around. You thought we're singing nice songs. We're speaking a word. A duty of a man of God or a person that believes is that the world you want to see, you call it forth from within you. People look at their surroundings too much and speak according to their surroundings. So I know a person of the flesh because they too see. They see too much. But what you're meant to do is call forth what you see here. I've just given you an answer or the sum up of all that I'm saying today so that when we go to whatever, I think Peter said it yesterday that there's 51 countries in Europe or so, so that when we go there, you will understand that you will not, be, you will not call blessed what God didn't call blessed. You will not call a name a people what God didn't call a people. But you will understand that the reason why you're called to France is because France is in you. The new France is in you. You don't believe it. Carry on reading. Go on. To the church of the firstborn. To the church of the firstborn. So, so this city is both Mount Zion. Yeah. It's also the church of the firstborn. But carry on reading. Go on. Whose names are written in heaven. Yeah. You have come to God. You have come to God. 
What was, what was Moses trying to do? He knew the will of him having three million people. He was bringing them to God. He formed a church to bring them to God. Whatever was going to come out of Moses or whatever is going to come out of Kedar or whatever is going to come out of Alakon must be what is coming to God. So ultimately, he was looking forward to a city, but it was the city of God. Now, if I had time, I'll take you to Revelation that this city, God does not rely on the sun to give light. He comes and dwells there. The Bible says that the sun is there. It's the sun as in the son of God and the father is there. Now, I need you to think about that. He said that there will be a city, but they won't need the sun in the sky anymore for light because the father and son is there. Let me repeat it once more. They won't need, you know, what's difficult guys here is speaking it in the most simplest of ways because it's spiritual. But the problem is, is that sometimes you look to people that are co-laborers with you, that it's like it's you and them getting it. But listen to what I'm saying. The city that God is ultimately going towards, or the city that Abraham was looking for, the father and son will be there. Okay, carry on reading. Go on. To the church of the firstborn. It's a church. Oh God, you're not hearing me. It's a church. Go on. Whose names are written Whose in heaven. Whose names are written. Where? In heaven. In heaven, go on. You have come to God. You have come to God. Yeah. The judge of all. The judge of all. Now, why did I take you to all of this? Abraham was looking forward to a city. Scriptures told us that it's both a church, but it's also a mountain. But it's the city of the living God. This city has to be that the architect is both the architect and builder has to be God and God alone. God is not going to build a house that you've, it's not going to come and live in a house that you've built for him. That's what he was saying to David. David, your quest to build me a temple is actually the spirit leading you to a city. You're seeing a city, David, but you think that you need a temple, but I can't live in what humans have built for me. Where I will live, I will call you to the city that I've built that you may live with me. But I told you that every journey, so to a Jacob, there's an Israel. To an Abraham, there's an Abraham. To an Obi flesh, there's an Obi revival, like PT said. But Obi revival was not built by my mom and dad. It was built by God. So Abraham was looking for a city. What was Abraham looking for? Himself. Go back to Genesis 12. When God called Abraham out, he said, I will make you. What was Abraham looking for? What was Abraham looking forward to? His making. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham. The Lord had said to Abraham. Go on. Go from your, go from your country. Leave everything that will try to make you. Go on. Your people. Your people. So when we look at a Ghanaian, you know, what's funny here is that there are certain foods that PT will say that they eat, that others won't eat. Their tongue was trained to like it. So they are made by their people. They're made by their, by their location, their upbringing. But the problem is, is that the father and son can't dwell there. Christ said that, listen, if you abide in my words, I and the Father will come and abide in you. 
you will not need the sun to dictate your work no more because people rise up in the morning to work because of the sun has come but your light will be me the father and the son so you will know the time when you're supposed to give 20k when you're meant to give 20k it doesn't look like it but the father and the son who is your light dawned it in your heart it rose in your heart and you knew it was the time that's the city that God's looking for. So if someone wanted to name this message, this was actually now make them into cities part two. Because what God said to us was that pity was saying to Christ, now make Basola into a city, a dwelling place for others. Abraham was looking forward for his making. What was, what was the first conversation? God never, you know, we've lost the story with Abraham because we thought the first promise was a son. It was never a son. Abraham's complaint was, give me a son. No, so God's intention wasn't to give Abraham a son. What God needed to do was, you know, the Bible says, if you do what I call you to do, whatever you ask the Father, he will do for you. This is what Christ said. Christ also testified that Abraham saw his day. So Abraham knew Christ to a certain degree. Christ was not, what am I trying to say? Now people will struggle to understand this because you're now taking Christ as a fleshly being. But he's spiritual. The Bible says that Paul began to tell us that we should no longer know anything according to the flesh. We should know it according to the spirit. So one day the people came to Christ and said, are you greater than our father Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. And he said, yes, I'm greater than Abraham. In fact, Abraham saw my day and he was pleased. He rejoiced when he saw me. The inner witness that God gives to you and I in order to take nations because it's only if the son abides in you and how would the son abide in you if God built you? If your situations that were God-ordained built you, this was not built by you went to school. The problem is that when you go to school, you already see. So you say that you're going to do law because you already see that I'm going to then get a graduate job in law. And you see, the problem is, and my question is, why does people keep deceiving themselves? So a new young person will say, hey, yeah, I'm going to go and do law and I'm so sure I'm going to be successful. But my question is, do you not know other people who said the exact same thing as you? What makes you special? Okay, that one's more reasonable. You hear idiots who say that they will not be caught selling drugs or doing fraud. And I'm saying in front of you, there were men. There were others that said they will not get caught, but they got caught. Why can we dictate their fate? Because everyone can see it. The reason why you can't tell the sum up of Abraham is because it's a land that only I can show you. So it says, for I am making you. this." So uh, please get out of your head. He asked for a son. And because he heeded God, he obeyed the call. The Bible, like Christ said, says, whatever you ask will be granted to you. Now carry on reading. Go on. I will make you into a great nation. I will make you into a great nation. Go on. And I will bless you. And I will bless you. Go on. I will make your name great. And I will make your name great. So what was Abraham looking forward to? What was the city? His making. When God would, So you see for me, I get it. God never called us to witness. He called us as his witness. You, have you seen how irritating 
Christians are when they're on the streets talking to you about Christ. Even though your heart knows they're not coming to talk to you about the devil. They're coming to talk to you about the one that gives life. But you're irritated because God never told us to be, to go out and witness. He said, you will be my witness. Meaning, now the making. Oh God, I hope you're hearing me. So Pastor Indidi said something yesterday that God does not allow you to be made in secret. He makes you in front of people so everyone can see your progress. So the making of the solar, people will witness it. Let me tell you something. Without you speaking about Christ, someone will be observing Basola and one day they will consider your God because every nation is governed by the God of that nation so we see an Ab- we see an, uh, for example a Nigeria that is so corrupt financially for example what does that show you? who really rules there? Mammon so you expect them to behave like that but then there's something that God puts in you and I and he's calling you to a city so what, when we're saying we're calling you to a city that's why I said your journey may start off in the flesh like Jacob's journey did but what God was actually calling out of Jacob was Israel your journey starts off in the flesh so you know like so for me I, for me, I always do this yeah anything that I see rise and then crumbles I call it flesh doesn't matter how good it was so if Kida got 230k I will call it flesh. I'll call it part of my journey to the real me. I would therefore not complain, but celebrate God. Because when you read Genesis 12, you see that he kept going. And you see the next place he went to was Egypt. It was necessary. As much as we don't know why he did it, it was necessary because it was all leading him to the making. What God, so when we're going to Europe and all of these things, I don't need to know them. Do you know what I need to know? What God is doing in me. Because everything is called forth from out, from within me. So you see, before PT came, we've never seen a spat nation. Spat nation was in him. So every time he's preaching, God is building. God is building that city. So now spat nation has become a refuge for many. Has become a place of hope for many. What is God calling us into? Now, I said he's calling us into, so we are that city. You understand that now? We are the city, the one he is making. So let's end this with Jeremiah 1 and then we can pray. We can worship. Who's leading us in worship? Remy, sit down. You're the one that will lead us. Jeremiah chapter 1. Read from verse 1. The call of Jeremiah. The call of the young prophet the generation or the nation of the young prophet read for me sir the words of Jeremiah son of Hilkiah one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin the word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah son of Ammon king of Judah and through the reign of Jehoiakim son of Josiah king of Judah down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. Mm. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Go on. Before you were born, I set you apart. Yeah. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Yeah. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, 
I do not know how to speak. I do not know how to speak. Oh God, I, I don't know how to do what you're asking me to do. I, I don't know how to lead the people. I've got this that you've given me. I don't know how to do it. But what did God say to him? Go on. I am too young. I am too young. I'm inexperienced. That's why I said you do not know. You, you've not known it. I've not known these things. But go on. But the Lord said to me. But this is the response of the Lord to us. Go on. Do not say I am too young. Do not dare say you are too young. Do not say you cannot do it. Because I'm the one calling you into it. You know when you say you cannot do, you know you're refusing God in you. Because again, I, I, I don't know how many times I have to say this today. Everything you want to see is called forth from within you. Out. That's why PT even went to say to us the other day that, listen, there are some dreams that you don't speak out. It's, it's hell trying to impose itself so that you can speak. It can't do it outside of you. So... so uh, Okay, for respect name, I won't say names. But we know of people who died. But the way they died, they called it forth. They said, oh, I feel like I'm going to be this. They called it forth. What, how long would it take for us as the church to realize that whatever you're looking for in your life is called forth from within you? When you're in the presence of God, what are you trying to do? See. You're trying to see. Then when you see, you begin to speak it forth. So today I've shown you scriptures on why I led the songs I led so that you know that it was more than singing a nice melody it was I was calling forth God's presence here because that's the only thing that can change anybody not my talking are you hearing what I'm saying to you so now carry on reading because we're still going somewhere because God is we're rounding up here but this is what God is trying to do with you and I are you hearing me Chrissy go on you must go to everyone I send you to you must go wherever I send you don't deny me of what I'm trying to do through you. When God called you, it was him saying in simple terms, this is the body I've chosen to use. That's what he said. So, you know when you even feel bad for yourself, it's still you denying God. Because he did not consult you to choose you. So this is why I said to you, do not allow Satan to allow condemnation. Because when condemnation comes, what you're basically doing, you think you're doing God a service. But what you're doing is saying, no God, no God, no God. You're, you're supposed to lead in one capacity and you're saying no because of this. You're saying, but it's never you. The Bible, even Christ said, it's the Father in me doing the works. So when he calls you, so this is why, listen, when we're in the presence of God, nothing should stop you. I don't care if all you say is bah, bah, just trust the spirit. Are you hearing me, Beryl? Trust that the spirit called you. And to someone, I, I have to say something funny. I remember one time, yeah, in our old church, there was a prophecy, yeah, and the old, it, it, not my old church, and um, some other people's old church, <laughs> There was a prophecy here, yeah? and out of an expression, the prophet said, Abba. Then the woman said, oh my God, yes, that's my name. And even me, I was like, no, no. He was not trying to say her name. You just expressed yourself. No way, do you understand? But I was not even looking at him as the issue as the woman. I was like, you, your, your head's just idle. Like, you don't think, you don't, you don't consider anything, like... It just you know when people force something to make sense for them 
God, Ghanaians. <laughs> oh God. Carry on reading. I, I forgot where I was, man. Go on. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. He said, do not say that I'm too young. Go on. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Yeah. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and yeah. will rescue you, yeah. declares the Lord. Mm. Then the Lord reached out his hand. Now what did the Lord do? And touched my mouth. He touched his mouth. The moment where Jeremiah was stopped, uh, stopped fighting himself against God. In other words, he allowed himself. Even if he didn't understand, he yielded. God then put his own words in his mouth. Carry on reading. Go on. Because that's what God's going to do with you. Preaching does not come from training. Do not ever mistake that. Because there was even times that the Bible said, do not think of what you're going to say. When you're there, it will be the Father in that hour that will speak through you. Real preachers will tell you that a lot of the times you don't even know what you was going to say. It's the spirit that comes on you and then you start talking. But anyway, go on. Of course, that does not mean you don't study before someone says, oh, I'm never going to study. I'm just going to... Our word charges will just start going down the drain. Right? <laughs> I'll say, yes, the spirit will speak today. Then you realize the spirit don't show us sometimes. <laughs> go on. Touched my mouth and said to me, yeah. I have put my words in your mouth. Yeah. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms. Look at this. So see today, I appoint you over kingdoms and nations. Yeah. To uproot and tear down. What's your first duty, guys? COD. When we go into the nations, it's not to, um, um, to compliment what's there. It's not oh, because I haven't had the chance. Because some people say, yeah, it's because of work. It's not because of work. You want to travel. You're busy body. No, when we go there, do you know what we're first doing? We're, we're looking for where we start attacking first. Did you hear what they called people like Elijah? Oh, troubler of Israel. Did you see what they considered of Christ and the apostles? There was never a time that the believers and that which reigned at that time were in agreement unless they were set up by God. No. So the only time a king and a prophet agreed was only if God set up that king. So like David will have a prophet beside him, but they will be in agreement because they're both serving God consciously. But every other person, God didn't agree with them. What you're looking for is that you're not even thinking about, I'm even going far talking about presidents. You're not even thinking about the rulership there. You just want to go and enjoy life. There's better houses in this country than in London. Oh, there's, oh we can go to the beach because River Thames, for however long it's been, it's still grey. I don't understand how we have water that's great in one of the most, um, meant to be most powerful cities in the world. I don't get this country though. But people, so for that reason, people want to go Dubai. You know, people have never considered why we should go Dubai. For some of us, we're still thinking, when we go there, God, we really need the Holy Spirit because we can't go and preach prosperity there. <laughs> you can't go and speak prosperity there. So, so you really need the Holy Spirit to go there. For others, they want to go and they say, yeah, we're doing services, but they also want to go and enjoy the part. But the problem is that's settlement. That's settlement. That's you actually shortchanging yourself. So Pastor Toby had every reason to go Nigeria before. But he still says, I'm not going until the Spirit tells me to. And what's he going there? Believers make trouble. This is the sum up of what I want to say to you. Believers make trouble. We come to bring a sword, not peace. 
We come to uproot and destroy and tear down. Go on. To destroy and overthrow. And to overthrow. Did you see that? So after all those destructive things, you overthrow them. So do you know what happens? Is that we're going to go to certain cities and we are going to be the ones that govern young people there. Govern young people. We're the ones that's going to tell them. Like when they see it, they're going to know that there's somebody else. You know, we used to be in places with young people and people get intimidated saying that we're trying to do this with the church. and all. No, that's the kind of call that's in you, COD. Your call is to take everybody, swallow them. Do you understand? You consume everybody. God increases our capacity and it doesn't matter who they are, black, white, orange, do you understand? Purple, you take them. Do you understand? You become the dwelling place for that. That's ultimately what God's trying to call you to be. But look at what he goes on to say with Jeremiah. Go on. To build and to plant. After overthrowing, then you begin to build and plant. Then what? The word of the Lord came to me. Yeah. What do you see, Jeremiah? What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. Yeah. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. You see that his journey started by his ability to see. He saw well and God said, now I'll be watching to make sure that my word comes to pass. So now what does the bible then go on to say go on jump to verse 14 jump to verse 16 i will pronounce my judgments on my people yeah because of their wickedness in forsaking me okay sorry that don't make sense start from verse 14 the lord said to me yeah from the north the lord said to me yeah from the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land yeah i am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. Yeah. They will come against all her surrounding walls mm. and against all the towns of Judah. Please receive this word if you're Jeremiah. What I mean by that, if you're God's prophet. He says, because of what you have become, the world will fight you. So why doesn't the church prosper in this generation they have not become what the world seems to want to fight wait honestly i know it's because we are in spat nation but be honest with yourself amidst all the talks of spat nation tell me the last time you've heard of any church in this nation think about it forget that your parents may tell you that they go to um, congo ministries and all of this forget all of that but tell me when you've heard authorities talk about another church God says that when I make you, nations will fight you. Nation won't fight an individual. Nations fight nations. So what am I making you, Abraham? I will make you a great nation. A great city. Go on, carry on reading. Go on. I will pronounce my judgments on my people. Yeah. Because of their wickedness in forsaking me. Yeah. In burning incense to other gods and in worshipping what their hands have made. Verse 17. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready, COD. Are you hearing me? Get yourself ready. There's work to be done. This is not fun and games. This is not holiday. This is God saying, go and snatch people out of death. Do you understand? Go and make a city. So honestly, when we go to certain cities, what we're doing is that we're calling forth what is within us there. So I already know what... what before someone starts stretching and saying, oh, what is it that you're meant to do? God gave us the template here in London. So I'm calling it forth there. 
Now look at it. Says, so he, the Bible, God says, get yourself ready. So COD, get yourself ready, yeah? Go on. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Stand up and say. Do you know what's going to happen? I said the other day that in a moment, there will be all of us just speaking. All of us speaking is not practical. It's all on Periscope. It means in every dimension, you're going to be on the offensive. My prayer for the last couple of days has been, God, make my mouth um, the sword that you handle. Make my mouth your, the sword that you handle. Let my mouth be your sword. Like, I don't want to think too much anymore. I don't want to be afraid of this world that can only take your body. I want to speak what you are saying. Because I know that the Bible said of Noah that Noah was a preacher. But in other places told us that he was building. And Noah could not have built with just his family an ark that big. So who built the ark? Every time Noah was preaching, God was building. So I know that as we keep speaking, God builds. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God builds. So carry on reading. Go on. Do not be terrified by them. Do not be terrified by them. Do not allow them to get to your heart. Don't, do not be moved by them. Because I'm the one that will really terrify you. Do not be terrified by them. Go on. Or I will terrify you. Or I will them. terrify you before them. Why am I repeating these things? What God is going to begin to do from today is to put your mind, get your mind toward nations. He's going to start making you really deep. What are we really going out there to do? Why is it necessary that I live holy? Because God's not going to call Philistines to displace Philistines. So why is it that God's nudging you? Get rid of this. Get rid of this. Stop. Consider. Get rid of it. Why is God saying give? Why is God? You would see it's the making process. The reason why, so that you don't get disheartened, is because sometimes before you move to nations, do you know what happens? People were not able to see in the capacity of nations. So because they didn't see what they were looking for here, they settle. They give up. But then God said to Jeremiah, great thing. Go on. What's the next part? Today. Today. I want you to believe this and say this to yourself, guys. Today. Go on. I have made you a fortified city. I have made you what? A fortified city. What God has made us to be is a fortified city. But why? Go on. An iron pillar. An iron pillar, yeah. And a bronze wall. And a bronze wall. To stand against the whole The reason land. why I've made you a city is to stand against. You are actually meant to fight what is. Until all that you can see here is God. Oh, you're not hearing me. Until also, you don't stop giving. We don't stop creating an economy. Until that's all we see where we are. We don't stop living in a certain type of way unless all, until that's all we see. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Unless that, we have not achieved what God is calling us into. So I repeat because again, we have been hearing and for a while I've been thinking, I won't say this, I won't say this, I won't say this. Or I was even thinking, maybe I'll just say this to the new gen leaders. But I have to believe that there are more people than the new gen leaders called for this work. So I need you, I had to take you in the journey that we did. You have to go back and hear these things. That God's ultimate thing, what Abraham was looking forward to was his making into a city that can stand against. So you see, it was when God was making Abraham a city, in the process of making Abraham a city, Abraham was looking forward for it so much that, you know, there's a favorite scripture we have, that one day 
a king wanted to trade. And Abraham said, listen, I will not take anything from you. So that it will never be said that you made. I know it says that you made me rich, but it's that you made. Abraham was, Abraham was faithful to God. He knew that God won't come and dwell here. If it was that king and God that made him. The problem is, is that you're still waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling of the Father and the Son. But the problem is, is that you're still mixing God on a session day, on a labor room or in the COD men with what you're watching on TV. You're still mixing it with what you've seen. But God says, don't call a people what I haven't called a people. Because the end, remember what scripture said to us, that he did not reveal or he did not speak the wisdom of, this, of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Everything you're seeing is already decaying, guys. Everything. But what is budding? That which God is trying to show you in your heart. So God says to us today that I have made the city of David a fortified city. I've made the nation family a fortified city so that you can stand against. So when we go there, we're looking for trouble. I'm just being honest with you. That's what I'm simply, we're looking for trouble. If we have to start off with church, we start off with church. God will help us from there. If we, ha if we have to look at finances and start making trouble finances, it's anyhow is a how. In order that God's name be glorified. Because ultimately, everyone is going to be looking towards that city. God called one nation so that it can become the envy of all nations. That through its envy, it can try to join that nation. Unless we become separated from what we see guys there's nothing that God wants to call people into and I speak it as easy as I've had to today so that you understand these things without these truths guys we will only just become like and let me no disrespect to them but all we will become are missionaries just in the modern day we just become like other people who just went and did mission. I'm not a missionary. I'm not um, doing... We're going there to make things happen. How did we take Birmingham? Was it because you knew Birmingham? Was it because you knew Leicester? We didn't know these places. All it was was that there was something we had in us that we wanted to see there. That's what we wanted to see. If now going to nations, because it, you have the idea of planes and all of these things, it becomes a holiday thing, even a little part. We will be blinding ourselves from what God is trying to show us. But in this is the new world and new heaven, the new earth and heaven that God keeps speaking about. I don't know if you believe these things like I do, but I consume my mind until I seem foolish to the world and wise before God. I, I want to be there because like I said to you it was not wise for someone like Pastor Toby not to join in the church growths these guys were not going to serve the devil they were thinking how do we grow our church the problem is was that that was then going to be a church not built by God so I don't know how serious you are about this work but you see when we begin to worship now when we begin to pray our prayer is still the same because this making period, and I, again, it's, I was saying the other day, I mean yesterday, that maybe this is something I should have broken down into series or whatever to speak, but I don't think we have that time, if I'm to be honest with you. But if I wanted to make you understand this more, I would say to you, P, 
PT has taught us that the last part of the making of a man is done by the Spirit. It's done by the Spirit. So if we're going to be complete, guys, it's the Spirit of God. What are we looking forward to? God, open my spiritual eyes to see the glorious city that you're building. By the time Ramses is revealed, people won't know who he is. By the time Joe is revealed, people won't know who he is. They called you Abraham when heaven was calling you Abraham. A father of a new generation. A father of nations. See, Odi, I want us to begin to pray. And as we begin to pray, you're asking God, God, I've gone into the open field and I've seen so many things. But give me eyes of the Spirit. Close my eyes to this world. If not, God, if you're blessed, if you're chosen, you will not see what you're looking for. But open my eyes of the Spirit that I may see the city that you're building. When Abraham saw it, the Bible says of Abraham that he was looking forward with great eager expectation. He was looking forward for the making that only God can bring. I want you to open your mouth, pray for a moment and then we start to worship. I want to help you still to pray. You know, our question can then be, guys, notice what happened when Eve ate the fruit. Her eyes opened, but to a dimension that destroyed the course of her life. They, she struggled and mankind from that moment began to struggle to see in the scope of what God wanted them to see. Even as I was praying, my, my heart was, since their eyes opened that day, did their eyes ever close again? Because in order to see well in a dimension, the other has to be closed, right? But you see, what I want you to understand is that now, because we couldn't see, the Bible then gave us means to see. The Bible says, and we see Jesus. The Bible says, for we do not know what we will be, but when we see him, we'll be like him. He became where Christ, where, I mean, where God started to live here on earth. So what am I saying to you guys with this? I took you on a journey today with the word. I started for us to end back at where we started so that you understand that what Abraham was looking for was the making. What God was going to do through and within him. Now, what I want you to understand, and I'm using this to help you pray. I said that Abraham was the one that looked like he was called out of his father's house. It was then when we saw Christ when Christ was revealed, that Hebrews then tells us that it was Abraham called out. What am I trying to say with this? I need you to hear this. When you hear words like this, it's not to condemn you. There was a flesh part of your spiritual journey. I can't take that away from you. There was a flesh part. There was the flesh trying to serve and follow Christ, Peter. There was that part. It was written in scripture. There was Jacob before Israel. What I don't want people to do is to stop off at Jacob when there was an Israel after. Do you understand this, guys? So what I want us to do is as we continue to worship and pray, believe that God will open your eyes to see. 
you will see the vision in a different way. You will see the work in a different way. You will see the word in a different way. You will see it in a light that only the Holy Spirit can lead you. Yeah, that's the song. You see in a way that the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can begin to show you. But remember this, when you pray, you have to believe. So when we come into these sessions, and I've been meaning to say this actually for quite a few of the sessions. Your, the sessions or seekers is for you to express yourself. But don't lose the intimacy of the moment because you're with people. Meaning that when I worship, let me be honest with you, when I worship, I mean every word I'm saying. I don't care how it sounds to people. If I start groaning, I am connecting with the Spirit. If I'm quiet, I use this opportunity, guys. Because once you leave here, the world will start to show you things as well. But what you need to do, and when we come here to these meetings, what God does is that He increases the value of what you're seeing so that when you weigh up Christ against every other thing, you would keep pursuing after Christ. I don't want to settle with anything lesser than Christ. Do you understand these things, guys? So these words are not just words that are because it came out. No, I need you to believe that this is what the Spirit is saying. Malachi chapter 3. I said to you guys, we're still praying, we're still worshipping. I said to you guys that what happened, Abraham prospered today because of where he could see in the spiritual realm. So imagine that prosperity was not based on how well he did things. It was based on how well he could see. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Read it in the Amplified Classic. Doesn't work. Okay, use this first. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing, that there, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Did you hear that? What are the tithes, guys? We are the tithes. We have been taught... You know, I, I'm still trying to remember the word, but it, uh, I can't remember. It was a new subject I spoke it, um, talking about your body being the tithe. Um, I can't even remember. But regardless of what I'm saying, you are the tithe. You're the one that God's called. The tithe is what God demands of you. And God has called our lives, our body. That's the tithe. Now he says, now if you bring it into the storehouse, try me in it and see if I don't open the windows of heaven. What's the windows of heaven? Your eyes. You will see. And when you see, what will happen? I will pour out blessings. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So what's holding us back from prosperity? The ability to see. So I've posed this here so that you can take this moment personally. Don't allow this moment to escape you you don't need to understand with your flesh it's with your spirit you receive God's word I think there was a popular scripture we always used to read in John 14 or 12 that the disciples did not understand him until he entered his glory but do you know what separates the disciples from modern day church 
they didn't forget what they heard. They meditated on it. The Bible says Jacob, when Joseph told him the story, Jacob kept it in mind. When Jesus, um, as a child, was missing from Mary and Joseph, Mary heard what he had to say and Mary kept the things he said in his heart, in her heart. So what I'm asking for, and this is my prayer, God, I want to see beyond the flesh because I know the flesh decays. And if I bank my whole faith today on being that I want to be financially rich, let's say I want to be a billionaire tomorrow, then there's something that can cripple me. But if I look towards God's city, a work that's being done beyond me, beyond you, then nothing can stop you. And the Bible says to us, now when you see it, you'll prosper. Again, read that verse once more and then I'll ask Grace, you can lead. Bring or whoever. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income. Into bring the whole of you guys. So as we're praying, you're saying to God, there's every area. I started off this periscope saying to you that what I don't like here in my personal life is the Holy Spirit only being attributed to church things. If you're doing fashion, you want to be able to have a clear advantage than others. The same way you receive word. Why can't you receive God? Okay, what should I do now? Are you hearing me? Unless we believe it, because the Holy Spirit moves with your faith. So if you don't believe he works in that area, he won't move. You believe in church, he will help you speak in tongues, he'll help you understand, he'll help you preach. But if you don't believe he can enter your finances, this is what he's been saying to me. He wants to consume everything. The Holy Spirit, the fire baptism came to consume totally. Not to take some areas of your lives. I say this to you because if I've been seeing, but if you don't see what I'm seeing, that I, and I think I've been saying this since youth revival, to be honest though, what church will be tomorrow is hanging on us. The church of tomorrow is based on us, guys. So if we're not serious, who else is going to be? Are we going to wait for another generation? So when we begin to worship, I want you to know these. So finish up the scripture, but when we begin to worship, I want you to remember these things. Yes, my journey may start off as Abraham. As Abraham, maybe I may have taken a Hagar before, but that's not going to stop Abraham as far as I can see. So I say that specifically so nobody judges their life today and say, oh, I'm, I'm missing. Because when PT begins to speak about the flesh and spirit, you just think that you are, you know, another thing that, uh, and I'm saying this because I hear a lot of stuff. Someone will start, you know, sometimes, yeah, when someone sees things like Esau and Jacob, they compare themselves to another person. The word was never ministered for you to compare against another person. Meaning that the Jacob and Esau stories for you. So you can separate your Esau from yourself. Rather than someone that is um, judging themselves to say, I'm Esau and that person coming up is Jacob. It's bullcrap. I want you to know that God has a plan for each and every one of us. I've said that intentionally today. God has a plan for all of us. But you see the nations, God is demanding them. So we now need to see. Do you understand this? Finish off the scripture. When he, he opens our eyes, if we can just give our bodies to him. So when you're asking for God to show you, to, for God to open your eyes, he's saying, give me your body. 
Give me your body. Abraham, Abraham, leave your home. Let it be mine now. Let the spirit lead this body and I will open your eyes. And you will see at that moment, I will pour out of the windows of heaven blessings. I think finances are about to change drastically for us. And not only that, every resources that is important and needed per time, we will have an abundance because of the work. But it takes for, from us first gen leaders, no one is missing, nobody, to the new gen leaders, to those that will come following. You need to know how to take these words. And for once in our life, let's just remove from jokes and games and pretense and say, God, maybe you are really saying something. Maybe you're actually saying something. Help me. That's why we cry for the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Finish the scripture and then lead us straight away. Are you ready to lead us? Go on. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse. Yeah. That there may be food in my house. And prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts. Yeah. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Praise God. Go for it.